This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Whole lot of love on this Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Arizona's birthday, turning 111 years old today. Appreciate you for listening to our number two of Spears and Ali, presented by Casino del Sol, the soul of Tucson, Tucson Federal Credit Union, and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. If you, you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. And it's really good to keep that phone number handy because uh, coming up at the end of this hour, at right around 4.50 or so, we will be giving away a four-pack of tickets to any Tucson Roadrunners home game for the remainder of the regular season. Uh, the regular season, I mean, not really too much time left. You're very limited, right? I, I think we're pretty much on, what, the back end of um, the, the, the hockey season, or at least we're getting to the, the back stretch here. But if you want to go see the Tucson Roadrunners in action at the TCC, make sure you stay tuned for your chance to win this hour for those uh, four-pack of tickets. And uh, hopefully everyone on the east side of Tucson is uh, doing okay right now because I just checked uh, the the text alerts. I mean, we we got text messages, both Andrew and I, and combined together, I thought that we were in a world of trouble. Because <laughs> when you put those two sounds together, two different phones going off at the same time, mm-hmm. it was... We thought management was coming down on us. I... I <laughs> I jumped into Andrew's lap the way Scooby jumps onto Shaggy when he gets scared. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh, like zoink, Scoobs. I was like, Andrew, you hear the phone? <laughs> and I looked at I looked at our phones, and it said Hazmat release, uh, I-10 between Kolb and Rita Road. Uh, there was a truck that was carrying was it nit- nitric oxide? I don't know. Is is that was that is that what it is with the with the chemicals? I don't know uh, if anyone said exactly what okay. it is. Okay, I'm not sure what the what the chemical is. I don't think it's let, let's let's be real here. Let's not be reckless and report on this. Um, we don't know what the chemical is, mm-hmm. but a truck carrying something toxic, something very toxic, uh, flipped over and caught fire. It caught fire and. And since it's uh, near or it's on I-10, uh, it's anywhere that's anyone who's within a mile radius of it needs to be inside. They need to get your animals inside. Shut off the AC and the heater. Don't let any outside air in. Get all the the puppies and the kitties and all the animals inside, and shut off shut all the doors. And then wait until I guess uh, it's it's okay. But yeah, if you're over there on the east side of Tucson especially in the uh, Rita Ranch area, yeah. please uh, take care of yourself right now because uh, yeah, you don't want to be breathing that stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, all right, so with that being said, I didn't didn't think I'd be talking about this today. Uh, <laughs> breaking chemicals in the air in Tucson. Stay inside. Hey, at least it's not zombies. Yet. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Tyler Dragon uh, talking football. From USA Today at 425, uh, Salt Bookman from PHNX, the head honcho over there, will be talking about Super Bowl weekend, his favorite part about uh, this past weekend, and also the Arizona Cardinals hiring new head coach Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of 
the Philadelphia Eagles, which obviously just played in Super Bowl 57, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but I want to start off hour number two uh, talking about Arizona Wildcats basketball because Arizona has a game on Thursday against a team that beat them earlier this year. They're facing the Utah Utes, and if you all remember uh, last time that these two teams meet, met in Salt Lake City, it didn't really turn out so good for the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, the Wildcats were absolutely manhandled by the Utah Utes, and I believe it's the largest margin of loss for Tommy Lloyd's team since he was hired as head coach of the Wildcats. So not only did they lose, but, man, they got smoked. And that team, when they played Utah during you know that particular time, it was when Pella Larson was still in the starting lineup. Cedric Henderson was coming off the bench. And Arizona really hadn't developed a true identity outside of, of course, Azulus Tubelis and a little bit of Umar Balo. Uh, since then, I really think Arizona has done a great job of adapting to anything that is thrown their way. This is a completely different team than when Arizona played Utah in Salt Lake City. First things first, for Utah, Brandon Carlson, the shot-blocking center that they have for them, I think that um, I, I think he's an absolute stud, and I think that he's going to give Arizona problems this time around. Uh, but Brandon Carlson, while he is a stud, he's not Umar Balo, he's not Azulus Tubelis. Yes, he's uh, you know considered maybe a, a top five or six candidate to win Pac-12 Player of the Year this year. But I think it's because Utah has had a little bit of success, and Brandon Carlson is the best player on that team for the youth this year. So um, I, I'm excited to see how this matchup can pan out again in Tucson when when uh, Brandon Carlson meets up with Azulus Tubelas and Umar Balo. But also, you know, that this Arizona team, ever since that particular game, they've done a great job of adapting, like I said, to anything that is thrown their way. Uh, we wanted to see how they would look if Umar Balo and Azulus Tabellas, if those guys had a bad game, how would they then, how would Arizona look? And, you know, we've seen Umar Balo and Azulus Tabellas in some points where they're not having their best performances, but Arizona's fi- found a way to make it work. But even though Azulus Tabellas isn't really having uh, the game that we've all seen him have, Arizona still gets the job done. He, but the thing about Azulus Tubelis is that even though you don't really feel his impact on the game, you look down on the box score and you see 18 points and 12 rebounds out of him. But you don't really feel that true impact. You get the impact from the guys like Courtney Ramey and Pella Larson and, of course, Kirk Risa, because when his shot's on, you really feel his presence in the game. But Arizona, ever since that loss to Utah, um, they, they've had to work on a few things. And, you know, they've lost along the way, right? They lost to Stanford this past weekend. They lost to Oregon. They lost to Washington State at home. So, you know, Arizona hasn't been a completely night and day different team since the last time they lost to Utah. But they've worked on a lot of things, and they've gotten significantly better in a lot of categories, like defense. You know, offense has been the identity of this Arizona team ever since Tommy Lloyd took over. The guy who's great at coaching all the international prospects, the the guy who had Benedict Mathurin as one of the top scorers in college basketball last season, the guy who is 
pulling all the strings for Arizona to have the top offense in college basketball. Yes, the offense is amazing under Sean Miller. You can't deny the job that Tommy Lloyd has done as the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats on the offensive side of the ball. But this year, the gains that Arizona has been able to make on the defensive end has really been an impact for the Wildcats. And it's probably the biggest difference from now to when they lost to Utah. Ever since January 18th, Arizona has been the best defensive team, according to the rankings, in college basketball. In defensive efficiency, defensive rating, Arizona is the best team in college basketball on on the defensive end. And, you know, it's really kind of unique because you never really associate Tommy Lloyd, and I know that he's only been here for not even two years, but you don't really associate defense with the identity that a lot of people have of Tommy Lloyd. And they've done a great job this year. And, you know, it's not just, you know, getting blocks because that's the the easy part to see, right? Last year when Arizona had a guy like Christian Coloco who tied Lauren Woods for the single-season blocks record, you could see the defensive impact that that guy has. But now you're starting to see teams not really shooting the ball well against the Wildcats. Like outside of, of course, Stanford, because they were making crazy shots that they had no business making. And going into that game, Stanford only averaged like what 64, 65 points going into the into, into that game, and they ended up putting up 80 on on Arizona. That was just the kind of game where or Stanford, it was their day. Arizona plays against Stanford at Maples Pavilion nine more times. I guarantee you, Arizona wins all nine of those games. Just because Stanford, they they had their rhythm that day, and sometimes the your best defense can't even stop something like that. And every dog has their day, and sometimes you just got to throw up your hands and just move on to the next one. But outside of the Stanford game, you go and you look at field goal percentages of the the teams that Arizona's playing, and a lot of teams collectively are shooting in the 30s. And that wasn't the case really at the start of the season when they were playing against some decent opponents. But they were still finding ways to win those games, like Stanford, or not Stanford, Tennessee in non-conference, the Maui Invitational. Yeah, they won those games, and yeah, it was a high-scoring affair, but now you're starting to see Arizona hold teams to under 60 or so points. And if they can do that in Azul Stubelis is having a great game and Courtney Ramey is scoring effectively from three-point range like we saw against Stanford, Arizona is one of the most difficult teams to beat in college basketball. But their defense, to me, has really stepped up lately, with the exception of the Stanford game, because the Stanford's shooting numbers were just absolutely insane that game. But beyond that, outside of all of that, I think Arizona has done a great job of defending teams. Courtney Ramey, Kirk Creesa, Pella Larson, Cedric Henderson. They're playing man-to-man defense. Very seldom does Tommy Lloyd deploy a zone defense. He is all man. He is a man-to-man guy, and he's going to stick with that. And Arizona's defensive numbers have gotten better, and they primarily use man-to-man defense. So as much as like I want to you know credit Tommy Lloyd for that, I also think it's the the, the players for finding a way 
to execute the defensive game plan that not only Tommy Lloyd has, but Jack Murphy, Steve Robinson, Ricardo Foyce, all the uh, very, very astute defensive coaches uh, or just assistant coaches, period, who have had a great impact on the Arizona Wildcats this season. Uh, but I, I look at the roster right now, and you know, going into this week, as Arizona turns their attention to the Utah Utes, Courtney Ramey is playing better basketball since uh, you know the last time Arizona played against Utah. When uh, when Courtney Ramey, when he was knocking down those three pointers against Stanford the other night, I started to think, man. If this guy can shoot at this clip, and this is on the road, right? It's one thing to shoot like this at McHale Center, an arena that you're used to playing in. But Courtney Ramey, you know, was putting up 26 points on the road in a true road environment. Was eight for 16 from three point range in a true road environment. So if if Courtney Ramey can play like that in that kind of scenario, I think sky's the limit for for Arizona's backcourt. Uh, but the last time that Arizona uh, played against Utah, Courtney Ramey, yeah, he had 11 points, but he also shot 30% from the field. Uh, so if you can get a little bit more efficient numbers out of him uh, and shooting the ball, then that's great. Uh, Kerr Creesa, you know, you look at the last time uh, Arizona uh, played against the Utah Utes, and, you know, Kerr Creesa, you know, he didn't really have that special of a game. Uh, Kirk Creesa, I think, is a, a different player now than when last time Arizona played against the Utah Utes. Um, yeah, looking at Kirk Creesa's stats, you ready to vomit Arizona fans? Kirk Creesa's stats the last time Arizona played against Utah, four points on one for nine shooting. 0 for 5 from three-point range. Yeah. Kirk Creesa is a much better three-point shooter than he than he was back then. But he did finish with nine assists. And that's the thing about Kerr Carissa is that even though his shooting numbers can be terrible, the man finds a way to impact the game. And I know that Arizona fans, they roll their eyes, and sometimes they get frustrated when Kerr Carissa takes an ill-advised shot, a shot that doesn't seem uh, like it's very high percentage. But the man leaves the Pac-12 in assists for a reason. And even though he can finish a game 0 for 5 from the field, he can also finish for 8 or 9 assists. And that's the kind of impact that Kirk Reese has. Yes, he can be a frustrating player to watch, but he knows when to find Azuz Tubelis. He knows when to find Courtney Ramey and Pella Larson and find these guys in their spots. Kirk Kreese is very smart when it comes to that. And uh, I don't know, man. I just I think that this game, Arizona, is not going to have any issues getting up for it because not only are they coming off a loss, but they're playing against a team that they lost earlier this season. So, Arizona, they're going to, I think they're going to take care of business on Thursday, but we'll, we'll find out. Uh, if you want to talk about Arizona Wildcats basketball, call us later on at 440. Uh, but we're going to talk about NFL storylines and Super Bowl 57 recap with Tyler Dragon from USA Today. Uh, before we go to commercial break, want to uh, just tell everyone to, to be safe out there because uh, there has been there was a hazmat spill near I-10 and Kolb and Rita Road, kind of in that area. Yeah. And we don't really know the severity of it, but we did get a text alert, and we don't normally get a text alert for hazmat spillage, right? We normally get them for flash floods and, 
dust warning. That's what I thought it was at first. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a it's a dust storm. It's really windy outside. They're probably telling everyone to, uh, you know, make sure you turn off your ACs and your heaters because you don't want dust flying in. But then I read closely and it said hazmat spillage. So we don't know exactly what is being spilt, but yeah. just be safe. Please be safe. If you're in the area, make sure you're inside. You're in shelter. Take care of yourself right now. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, Tyler Dragon from USA Today is going to talk some NFL. And plus, if uh, you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number. We're taking phone calls after our interview with Tyler Dragon. Stay tuned. Ah, beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, let's talk some NFL storylines going into 2023 because now that it's the offseason, what about, what about next year? What's next year going to look like? Let's talk about all of those things with Tyler Dragon from USA Today. Tyler, appreciate your time. Man, you were up in Glendale for Super Bowl 57. What was it like for you to be around all the festivities and obviously watch the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Well, it's always uh, wonderful and great to be at a Super Bowl week if really the epicenter of football wherever the city uh the host city for the Super Bowl is with all you know the former players the present players uh that were in uh the Phoenix area the celebrities and then all culminating in uh, the game on Sunday evening and it was really a fantastic game by both teams um I was a little bit surprised the Eagles defense allowed uh, over 30 points, but you have to give it to the Kansas City Chiefs, especially uh, in that second half. Uh, Patrick Mahomes only had one incompletion and led his team on uh, four scoring drives in the second half alone. And the better team, the more experienced team in uh, that type of Super Bowl setting, uh, won the game, and I think that was a key part of uh, the contest is uh, the most players, well, no, I won't say most, but a lot of key players, and the Chiefs have been there and done that as far as handling the Super Bowl week and the, everything that uh, happens uh, regarding and in the game. So uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They deserved it. Tyler Dragon from USA Today joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. And, you know, Tyler, we, we talk about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and that offense, but, you know, the, the, the guy who's always seems to be kind of the unsung hero is Eric Bieniemy. I'm not really sure if uh, if you saw the Athletics' latest story on Eric Bieniemy, but he exposed that the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, whenever guys are sent in motion, their defense overly compensates. And then the guy who's running in motion usually stops and then runs maybe like an out route. And the Jacksonville Jaguars exposed this, and or, or some some other team exposed this. And the Kansas City Chiefs looked at that, and specifically Eric Bieniemy, and he said, "Huh, we need to do that." And sure enough, a couple plays that the Kansas City Chiefs ran in the second half were exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles were weak against. I just think that the the prep, Eric Bieniemy, the job that he's done as OC, it doesn't really get talked about enough. And honestly, I'm really surprised that he's not a head coach by this point. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. I am uh, 
it's, it's, it's a shame that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach in the National Football League uh, at this point for what he has done as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Now he now has two Super Bowl championships, and I get it that oh well he hasn't called plays, and it's really Andy Reid's offense. But uh, the past offensive coordinators in Andy Reid under Andy Reid, have gone on to be NFL head coaches, including uh, Doug Peterson, who is a Super Bowl uh, winning head coach. So I really do think it is uh, a shame that Eric Bieniemy is not an uh, NFL head coach. He uh, deserves a whole lot of credit for uh, helping mold uh, the Chiefs offense along with Andy Reid and, you know, a lot of NFL coaches. I can even say the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they just hired the Eagles defensive coordinator that Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes and company, just exposed for over 30 points and ran those plays that uh, the, uh, the Eagles defense couldn't handle. So maybe the Cardinals could have uh, got an offensive mind in the building like Eric Bieniemy and to get a hold of, you know, Kyler Murray and maybe take his game to the next level. So, you know, it's a shame that he has not uh, had an opportunity yet. You just hope one of these days, one of these off seasons, he will get a chance to show what he can do as an NFL head coach because he definitely has the qualifications and the resume. And you brought up the coaching hires earlier today. Uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, w- was hired as the the Cardinals' next head coach, defensive guy. I know that the the Philadelphia Eagles didn't register any sacks in the Super Bowl, and that was kind of the thing that they were known for going into the big game. Uh, but what do you make of this hire and Jonathan Gannon opting to coach Kyler Murray at quarterback? It's an interesting hire. Uh, I have to be honest with you. Now I do believe that Jonathan Gannon is a a pretty good coach. The Eagles had a historic defense, uh, really 78 sacks and combined in the regular season and postseason. But it it is a little interesting considering you have Kyler Murray at quarterback and you want to try to build an offense around him. And yes, that defense is okay, but I, I would have probably preferred an offensive-minded head coach to go with Kyler Murray to try to, you know, upstart that offensive attack, especially uh, with Kyler Murray in the building. But, you know, I'm interested to see who he's going to hire as an offensive coordinator. That is going to be a huge, huge hire uh, to see what type of offense they are going to run uh, with Kyler Murray. And not to mention, he's probably not going to play uh, the first, you know, maybe month of the season because of that knee injury. So it is an interesting hire, but uh, I do believe having a, a top five defense like Jonathan Gannon did in the NFL uh, with the Eagles, he's deserving of, of, of an opportunity. Um, but I don't think I would have hired him over a guy like Eric Bieniemy. Well, speaking of uh, Jonathan Gannon, you know he's the defensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles. The Indianapolis Colts hired the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator as their new head coach. Plus, you have a lot of free agency question marks on that side of the ball on defense. How do you feel about the Philadelphia Eagles going into this season? And do you feel like, hey, they have the infrastructure to get back to the Super Bowl once again? 
Uh, that's a great question. I actually wrote a column about uh, that very subject. And, you know, on offense, their key players are pretty much all coming back. Uh, there's a huge question mark at center with uh, Jason Kelsey, but, you know, you have a Jalen Hurts uh, who is probably going to sign a contract extension. You have an A.J. Brown. You have a Devontae Smith. Uh, Miles Sanders might walk, but, you know, you have other running backs waiting in the wings. And the same on defense. Yes, there are some key players like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, who could uh, be out the door, but you have players on that defensive line and that linebacking corps that are waiting in the wings, waiting for their opportunity uh, to play. And I do think when it's all said and done, the Eagles will be right back in the thick of things come next season and the regular season and the postseason. And not to mention, they do have some salary cap flexibility. They have around, I believe, uh, $8 million of cap room uh, entering uh, free agency, so they might have to do some salary cap uh, maneuvering and gymnastics to, you know, sign some players or re-sign some players. But I do think they have enough uh, to make another Super Bowl run next season. And then on the other side, a lot of people were wondering, well, the Kansas City Chiefs, they lost Tyreek Hill. How can they replace a guy like that? And a lot of people, including myself, was, you know, saying, hey, the Buffalo Bills, they're going to make some noise this year. Not a lot of people had Kansas City getting back to the Super Bowl, but here we are. Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old. He's got two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. He's taken them to five straight AFC championships, and it looks like they're just getting started. I have a feeling that this could be kind of like a New England Patriots-esque kind of dynasty that they have right now. Uh, but do you think that they're on this path right now, and do you think that they can get back to the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I, I really do. Uh, and, you know, they have a first-round pick who they can probably sign, a, a, you know, draft another deep threat receiver. In fact, I believe they have 10 overall draft picks in this coming NFL draft, and they had a whole lot of uh, rookies uh, that played significant snaps this year and went all the way to the Super Bowl with those rookies, along with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And so I do believe that this is the beginning stages of a dynasty. Uh, and being a two-time Super Bowl champion like Patrick Mahomes, who just wants uh, to get better and get back and knows that his legacy is about Super Bowls now, and including Andy Reid, they have the uh, makings of a dynasty. And I do think we're witnessing the beginning stages of one. All right, so now that we're in 2023, the football season is over with. We're entering the off season and looking ahead to next year. How do you feel about you know certain teams? Uh, do you, you think that you know Buffalo, of course, you, you have to feel comfortable about them. Kansas City, of course, but you know who are some teams that maybe not a lot of people are talking about that can make some noise in 2023? I have my eye on the Baltimore Ravens because they can go in uh, either direction here. If they re-sign Lamar Jackson, they have w enough pieces on both sides of the ball to make a run in the AFC. I do believe that they need a wide receiver uh, to pair on the outside uh, w to help out Lamar Jackson, maybe a deep threat or a, possession re a big possession receiver. And uh, a team that you're familiar with, too, the L.A. Chargers. I, I like what they have done and kind of uh, revamped 
that offense and hiring offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore, I think uh, that 27-point playoff collapse is going to motivate uh, the team, and they could be another team uh, to look out for in the AFC. Now in the NFC, you know, the NFC East seems like they have a different division winner every single year. And I do believe that the Eagles might break that uh, streak and win the division in back-to-back seasons. But I do want to keep my eye on the Dallas Cowboys. And I know there's a lot of fans that love the Dallas Cowboys in the Arizona area as well. But if they get revamped that offense a little bit, I think they need another receiver. um, And they'd have to re-sign Tony Pollard back. I think the Dallas Cowboys – could be a team to watch in the NFC along with the Eagles, along with the uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers and so on. But, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys are my team to look out for in the NFC. That's not as obvious that other people are talking about. You got four days by yourself in a cabin, Tyler. What are you doing? Tell us the what Tyler Dragon is doing when he takes the Aaron Rodgers plan. <laughs> Well, uh, as of now, those four days, I will spend most of it sleeping after Super Bowl <laughs> week. <laughs> that is uh, one thing I will be doing in the cabin by myself and uh, maybe in, enjoying some uh, nice wine and some nice, uh, you know, meals in the cabin by myself. But I, 100%, I would uh, take a nice, long nap. And I would be sleeping for uh, a, a lot of that time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can imagine you, Tyler. You're sitting in a. Uh, do you ever, do you ever watch Run's House with uh, with uh, Rev Run? I watched it back in the day. Yes, I have. I, I man, I see. I'm the kind of guy. I have no shame, man. I'm gonna be with in my BlackBerry, and I'm gonna be typing up all my buddies sitting in a bathtub, writing motivational messages for all my friends. Rev run, baby. Oh, wow. It's the Look t- at you. <laughs> uh, and please believe that I would send you one, Tyler Dragon, giving you some motivation and, and also um, some appreciation because I know it's a long NFL season and I know that you do so much for USA Today. And uh, the fact that, you know, you took time out of your week to join us here, you know, for 10 or 12 minutes, however long you did. And you were always uh, willing to be a part of our show, Tyler. You always have an open invitation, but you know during the NFL season, you didn't have to be on with us as much as you were, and we appreciate you so much, my friend. Well, the pleasure is mine. You know, I know we go way back, and I always love coming on your show, and I will continue to whenever I'm invited. Appreciate you, Tyler. Thank you once again. Enjoy your four days of darkness in the cabin by yourself. You deserve it, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs> I have a great evening. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. What are you doing in a cabin four days by yourself? Remember, this is a family show. Tell. This is a family show, okay? FCC appropriate. You're more than welcome to call in at 719-1490, 719-1490. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Lots of lubriderm. Do you think this will be playing in uh, Aaron Rodgers' cabin? <laughs> I'm not sure what Aaron Rodgers is going to be dealing with for the next few days. Besides darkness? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, that's what he's going to be dealing with. Now, is it like true darkness? Like how dark are we talking about here? <laughs> are we talking like you need a nightlight to see where you're going? Or is it just dark? Like you can still see everything that's inside, but 
It's it's just a little bit dark. I'm not really sure what this darkness retreat is, but hey, a lot of people have used it in years past. So, hey, it may work. It may not. But if there's anyone who's willing to try a darkness retreat, it's certainly uh, a guy like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and uh, Aaron Rodgers said that he's going to uh, get through Super Bowl weekend, and then he's going to start his retreat. So when when is he starting this retreat? Is it t- is he on it today? I don't know. Is he in the middle of it now? Um, not really sure when he's he's starting this retreat, but he's going to go into four days of isolation and just be in the dark, and then he's going to come from this and have a better understanding of what he wants to do with his life. Um, and the Green Bay Packers are like, dude, we just gave you all this money last offseason. When it appeared you might be done with us, we gave you exactly what you wanted. We gave you the kind of money. You're still under contract with us, and now here you are on Pat McAfee's podcast saying, uh, well, I, don't, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what I want to do. Whether you know, we'll, we'll see what my future holds, whether it's here or somewhere else. And Green Bay's like, well, what the hell, man? And I don't think it really helped that the Green Bay Packers decided to trade away his buddy, Devontae Adams. And then they were left with a bunch of young guys. It was like Aaron Rodgers and the kids. That's how the offense was this past season. It was Aaron Rodgers and the kids. You got this uh, this Christian Watson guy. You got Romeo Dobbs. You have all these you know young wide receivers who have a lot of potential. They just need a good mentor. And... It, it, it seemed like there was a little bit of a of tension between Aaron Rodgers and these young guys because they weren't making the plays that guys like Devontae Adams normally would. And Aaron Rodgers was just so frustrated, and it seemed like there was just a lot of tension between these two, or between the, the Aaron Rodgers and the wide receiver group. But they found ways to make it work. And then the, the Packers, eventually, you know, they started winning some ball games. And hey, maybe they have a shot at making the playoffs. Maybe they have a sh- at, at, uh, uh, maybe they have a shot at this after all. You know, it appeared that Aaron Rodgers was going to be on his way out, and it was going to be a very sour ending in Green Bay. But there might be life left with Aaron Rodgers as a member of the Green Bay Packers. And then the way that the season ended uh, with with him, you know, going into the tunnel with his arm wrapped around uh, what was it, Randall Cobb? And somebody went up to him after the game and said, hey, let me get your jersey. Let's do a jersey swap. And he said, um, I think I'm going to be holding on to this one for a little bit long. And being the very dramatic person that he is, walking off the field with Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers loves attention. And, you know, For a guy who likes to make it seem like he's not all about the attention and he just likes to play football, no, he loves the attention. He loves the fact that we're talking about him just a couple of days after the Super Bowl because – He's still a marquee quarterback. Yes, he's aging. Yes, he isn't as good as he once was. But just last season, he was named MVP. He was one of the top passers in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is still a really good quarterback. But he's he's almost kind of like Kyrie Irving in a sense because does his talent, does his prowess on the on the playing field, does that outweigh all of the baggage that comes along with it. And if you're a, a team that's maybe desperate to win a championship, you're willing to make that move. 
And I think there are a number of teams out there that are willing to make that move and acquire a quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers. And what team is that? Well, the Green Bay Packers currently have him under contract. Um, But what would happen if Aaron Rodgers is able to move away from the Green Bay Packers? And honestly, I really think that the Packers are up and willing to trade Aaron Rodgers away. I think that they would love to start fresh and just stop with all the hoopla. Stop with all the 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 well hoopla is actually like positive buzz, right? There's not really is any it? there's not really any hoopla regarding Aaron Rodgers nowadays. Like I said, good quarterback, but all the baggage over the last couple of years, to me it's just not worth it. So if I am the Green Bay Packers, I would actually move on from Aaron Rodgers. I would get rid of him and I would look for a team like maybe the Raiders who could acquire him. And Devontae Adams, your old teammate from Green Bay, he's down there in Las Vegas right now. And the Raiders officially released Derek Carr today. So Derek Carr is free to sign wherever he wants to. So the Raiders need a quarterback. And it's Mark Davis. It's the the Raiders. They make moves like this. Now, it obviously does not work out well for them, but they go for the big names and they and they get a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or, you know, for instance, Antonio Brown a few years ago. Antonio Brown was one of the top wide receivers, but again, came with that baggage and the Raiders decided we're going to roll the dice. We're going to get Antonio Brown's baggage. And they realized real quick what a nightmare Antonio Brown was. And the Raiders, if they get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, they're going to find out real quick that dealing with Aaron Rodgers isn't always the easiest thing. And I know that he's a, a solid quarterback and he's a big name, but is he really worth it for the Las Vegas Raiders? To be honest with you, I think he is. Because who else do you have if you're the Raiders? Oh boy, Jared Stidham. He's really moving the needle for you guys. Aaron Rodgers is much better than Jared Stidham. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be the best option for what the Raiders are, are going to have at quarterback. There aren't many options for the Raiders at quarterback. Tom Brady has made his announcement very clear. He is retiring from football. So you don't have Tom Brady looking to be on the move. So who's next? If I'm the Raiders, I look to make that call for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And wouldn't that be something if the Raiders got Aaron Rodgers? And, and I know that the AFC West, you know, it was – a conference that a lot of people viewed as the the ultimate juggernaut in football, like every week is going to be a bloodbath in the AFC West. That wasn't the case this year because the Denver Broncos stunk. The Raiders stunk. The Chargers stunk in the playoffs. Uh, they made the playoffs, but they stunk in the playoffs and blew a 27 nothing lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then you have the Super Bowl champions. It can't just be the Chiefs and then everyone else. Let's get some competition. Sean Payton, coach of Russell Wilson, like what I'm seeing. I think the Chargers are going to be better this year if they can stay healthy. And then you add in Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams and what the Raiders got going on. Maybe we were a year off when it comes to the AFC West. Maybe this is the year that the AFC West is that top conference in football. But I'll keep telling myself that until it actually happens. Okay, coming up next on Spears and Ali, uh, we have a four-pack of tickets 
to a Tucson Roadrunners home game. Any home game for the remainder of the regular season. You can uh, take the wife and the kids. You can take your buddies from work, like I do all the time. I drag Andrew and Ali to a hockey game. They never want to come see hockey with me. All the time. And then... I have to be like, Justin, enough with these invites, man. Enough hockey, man. I have to hang out with my family. Uh, You you can take your buddies to work like I do, or you can take your family. Whoever you want to take to the Tucson Roadrunners hockey game, we got you covered. Stay tuned for your chance to win. We're giving them away coming up next. Uh When she says, let's go get candy the day after Halloween Uh and Valentine's Day. That's what I like about you. (laughs) Let's get half off candy. <laughs> yeah. Come on over here February 15th. <laughs> I, I can't I can't finish that. Anyways, uh, if she says, baby, let's go get some candy at Walgreens on February 15th because it's 50 to 75% off, then she's a keeper. She's Amen. the one for you. Yep, that's the one right there. If If anyone tells me that, where do I propose? How, how can we make this? I don't know. That's up to you. How can we make this a lifelong thing? <laughs> I don't know. Get on a knee and give me a ring. Yeah. Um, all right. Now it's time for our Valentine's Day giveaway. If you want a four pack of tickets to a Tucson Roadrunners home game, any home game for the remainder of the season, then call in at 719-1490-719-1490. Caller number three. Caller number three is getting these tickets. 719-1490. Caller number three gets the tickets, and it's a four-pack of tickets. So you could take the wife and kids. You can take your roommates. You can take um, your buddies from work. You can take your neighbors. You can make them as a gift. Whatever you want to do with these tickets, call in, call in at 719-1490 and secure those tickets. Use today. them as a fan. They can be an airplane. Or a hat. <laughs> Imagination. Whatever your heart desires. All right, so a couple of uh, minutes left here. And I just now realized, if Aaron Rodgers is, in fact, starting his four-day retreat right now, is that the loneliest thing you've ever heard on Valentine's Day? Well, isn't his isn't his girlfriend, like, stuck in Peru or something? Or, like, Chile? Chile? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So screw it. Four days alone. <laughs> like, girl's not here. I don't know where I'm playing next season. I need some answers. 39 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. Let's let's do this four-day darkness retreat. I'm not really sure what Aaron Rodgers is on right now, but um, I'm curious to know what is going to come from this. Is he going to become the next quarterback of the New York Jets or – is he going to own a crystal shop at the top of Mount Lemon? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Right next to the do. cookie cabin? Yeah, right next to the cookie cabin, the little fudge store that they got up there. Yeah, a, a, multiple things can come from this four-day retreat, but nothing is more lonely. Nothing is lonelier than spending Valentine's Day in darkness by yourself in a cabin. Actually, Aaron Rodgers might be a genius. I might be joining him on this four-day four day retreat. But you know what my four-day retreat is going to consist of? Raising canes. Uh-huh. Raising canes. Uh-huh. Popeyes. Uh-huh. Raising canes. Oh, that's a, yeah. Variety is the spice <laughs> of are, life. Those are my four meals. Four big meals in four days. 
All right, that'll do it for this ep not this episode, this hour of Spears and Ali. Man, we got a whole another hour left. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some Arizona Wildcats basketball and some more Super Bowl 57. More Spears and Ali coming up next.